The deep state's secret weapon is the public education system. And not a lot of people know that. In fact, almost nobody knows that. So we've spent 40 weeks now talking about the deep state, the problems with the deep state. Now we want to spend some time talking about the solution. And no solution would be complete without addressing head-on the public education system. Today we're going to focus on the history of that system so that we can dispel some misconceptions and start working on solving this problem. The deep state's secret weapon, of course, is your children. Okay, uh, right now, the government school system has about 87% of American children for five days a week for at least 12 years, typically even longer if you include kindergarten and now they're doing pre-kindergarten, now they're doing daycare and you know all these crazy things. Plus they got you know community college and uh, four-year degrees and all that. So uh, all in all, we're talking maybe 15 to 18 years of nonstop indoctrination with deep state propaganda. And at The New American, we have created a special tool. You know, we, we, we really want to focus on solutions to the deep state. Uh, with the last 40 episodes we've done have been focused on the problem. What is the deep state? Who are the players? What are they up to? What are their plans? What are the organizations that they control? But in the upcoming episodes, uh, we don't know how many exactly yet, but stay tuned and you'll find out. We really want to focus on solutions. And it is my opinion that the most important weapon that the deep state has at its disposal is the indoctrination of our children, the public school system. And again, if we don't deal with this, uh, it's over. Right? 87% of the children, even if we're generous and say they don't succeed in indoctrinating all of them, maybe they get 50%, 80%, pick a number. Uh, if we don't deal with this, it's all over, folks. So we created this special tool here at the New American Magazine. Uh, it's a special report. We actually put it out um, in 2019, but we're coming out with a revised edition for 2020 with a few extra articles. And I want to just walk you through a little bit of um, what it contains and explain to you how this all ties back to the deep state. So one of the things we discuss in this special report is the history of the public education system. And, and a lot of people never even really stop to think about this. It's just kind of an institution that is just ubiquitous. It's been with us forever. You know, maybe you went to public school in the 50s, 60s, 70s. Uh, it wasn't that bad. Well, the history of the public school system would blow your mind. It, it actually was started by a communist. See, a lot of people don't realize this. There was a guy called Robert Owen, um, and uh, he came from the British Isles, and he was a communist before communism was even a thing, even before Karl Marx. Uh, he had written these essays advocating government control of schools for the purpose of shaping children into becoming little collectivists. And these ideas at the time were just considered absolutely kooky and ludicrous. I mean, nobody would have taken this seriously. But an ambassador from Prussia, from the Prussian government, got a hold of these essays he had written and took them back to Prussia. And uh, the Prussian leader decided, hey, this is a good idea. We could set up a government school system. So he did. Um, and uh, it actually turned out uh, pretty catastrophically. We'll come back to that. But uh, the Prussian government was really the first in world history to set up a government school system where parents were required to send their children to the government's indoctrination centers, where government uh, created an education system of the state, by the state, for the state, where parents could get in trouble if they didn't surrender their children, and where children were taught total obedience, total compliance with the dictates of government. Um, this was a radical departure from the education that then existed throughout the Western world, which really uh, it was kind of a, a combination of, you know, Catholic schools and Catholic education and then what had come out of the Reformation, um, which really was, was a, a 
phenomenal education system by today's standards. Well, it didn't stay isolated in Prussia for long. It ended up being adopted in the state of Massachusetts, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Uh, it was brought in by a gentleman by the name of Horace Mann, who also was a socialist, a utopian. He rejected the authority of the Bible. Uh, he was a Unitarian, and he wanted to have the government take over the education system. And like the Prussians, he thought the government ought to also train the teachers so that the teachers would then go out and indoctrinate the students the way that the government wanted them indoctrinated. And right off the bat, they started with the quackery. Uh, to give you two examples, um, in the normal schools that were training the teachers in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts that were set up under the reign of Horace Mann, who became the first ever secretary of education in America, uh, they started teaching the teachers phrenology. So, so they introduced this quack book called The Constitution of Man that argued that uh, you know, the brain shape and brain size and these things was really responsible for variations in human personality and ability and things like this. Now, of course, this was quackery, and we know it was quackery today, but this was used to, to kind of explain these different variations. Uh, another incredibly dangerous quackery that was brought in under the reign of Horace Mann in the public schools in uh, Massachusetts at that time is known as the whole word method. And we uh, really talked extensively about that in this special report here, because what happened was within a few years, this quack methodology resulted in widespread reading problems uh, among the children in the schools in Boston. In fact, uh, they, they were struggling with illiteracy. Uh, they were displaying symptoms of what today we would diagnose as dyslexia because it's quackery, right? Uh, the, the proper way to learn how to read is to learn that the letters represent different sounds. Then you learn how to combine those letters together, the sounds together and form a word. And that's how you decode our written language because we have a phonetic writing system. Well, under Horace Mann, they implemented this quackery. And, and you know, to be fair, it was, it was implemented with um, supposedly good intentions. The guy who, who really pioneered this and developed it was a reverend, Reverend Golodet, who wanted to teach deaf children how to read. And for deaf children, it was a big improvement. But when it was tried out in the normal public schools, it was a total disaster. And uh, within a few years, by the, by the mid-1840s, all the schoolmasters in Boston had, had stood up and they wrote this brilliant essay debunking this quackery. And so we didn't hear about it again for another 50 years until John Dewey came along uh, and resurrected it. Uh, using funding from the Rockefellers, they created this uh, experimental school where they resurrected this quackery that had been debunked under Horace Mann. And uh, turns out it made the kids illiterate again. And uh, and uh, John Dewey, really, the they, they call him the architect of America's progressive public education system. And I think, honestly, Robert Owen, the communist, and Horace Mann, the socialist, deserve a lot of the blame for that. But John Dewey resurrected this quackery, uh, tried it out, recognized that this was really effective in doing what he wanted. He actually wrote an essay where he said that uh, these changes must come gradually because if we force them unduly, I might jeopardize the whole success of the program by uh, favoring a violent reaction. Right. This is the, the language of a conspirator here. I uh, don't want the parents to find out or the teachers. we got to do it quietly. And uh, John Dewey was very, very successful in helping to take over the American education system, which up until that time, even with Horace Mann having traveled around the country promoting this Prussian model, uh, it still hadn't gone all that far yet. But then John Dewey came along and really started fashioning a national education system with help from the National Education Association. And, you know, all these guys were what we would call today deep state, right? They, they were operating in the shadows. They didn't want people to know about what they were doing. Uh, and... Uh, I, you know, I, I mentioned Robert Owen only briefly, but I want to go back and, and talk about him just for another minute because he started a, a colony in Indiana. It was called New Harmony. He wanted to prove that communism would actually work. 
So Robert Owen developed this experimental colony without private property. And within two years, it was a total failure. It was just obviously uh, when you get rid of private property and you implement these ideas, uh, it fails. And so uh, he decided that the reason why his program failed was that the children had not been properly indoctrinated from the earliest possible age to be good little collectivists. And so he actually set out to form a secret society. And uh, this secret society, we talk about it a little bit in the second edition of Rescuing Our Children. Um, we know about this secret society because uh, a whistleblower, Oristus Brownson, uh, actually became a Christian. This is a guy who had been involved in the secret society, a disciple of Robert Owen, and um, they created the secret society. So he wrote, uh, Oristus Brownson wrote in uh, uh, this uh, literary work that he produced. He blew the whistle on this agenda, and uh, he explained that they had created a secret society modeled on the Carbonari of Europe, and that the main purpose of this secret society was to promote a government takeover of education, uh, and that they were going to do this by trying to mold public opinion and by trying to get men elected to the legislature who would support the idea of a government takeover of public schools. Uh, they thought this would be the best way to mold the minds of the people into becoming little collectivists, little uh, communists who would reject individual liberty and private property. Uh, he also said, Orsus Brownson, that the main object of this program, the main purpose of this was to destroy Christianity. Now, if that doesn't sound like the deep state, I don't know what does. And that gives you a little bit of a background into the history of how we even got the public education system, right? It was set up by people who wanted to destroy Christianity. It was set up by people who wanted to undermine our individual liberties. Now, John Dewey picked up where these guys left off and turbocharged this all, right? He, he actually uh, was pretty open about his religious beliefs and his political beliefs. He was a communist uh, with a little c. Uh, he actually went to the Soviet Union after the Bolsheviks had taken over, and he loved what they were doing. He wrote articles in the New Republic, the communist magazine, talking about how wonderful uh, it was that these Soviet schools were instilling a collectivistic mentality in the children. And so, you know, any solution to dealing with the deep state and, and the problems associated with it, namely the erosion of our liberties, the, the attacks on, on people of faith, uh, is going to have to address first of all, the history of public education. So we're going to do some more episodes focusing on this so that you really understand the nexus between the deep state and education. But I thought it was good to give you guys a kind of a, an early history of the public school system. You know, there, there's this myth out there that because the public schools in America were officially Christian until the early 1960s, that, uh, you know, that they were Christian institutions and that this was a good idea. And that if we could just go back to some golden age of good public schools, everything would be solved. Nuh uh, uh The reality is the origin of the public school systems, it begins with subversive, anti-freedom, communist, socialist, humanist uh, activists and radicals who wanted to fundamentally transform America. And I'll say a couple more things about John Dewey, and then we'll end our, our segment on the early history of the public school system. Now, John Dewey, he actually outlined his religious beliefs in, in a very important document called the First Humanist Manifesto. He was one of the drafters of this and one of the signers, one of the first uh, people to promote this religion of humanism. And they acknowledged it was a religion. They actually said, we are religious humanists, because, of course, it takes a lot of faith to believe these things. But the very first plank of the Humanist Manifesto that they wrote was that uh, we religious humanists believe the universe is self-existing and not created. Now, if you've read your Bible, you know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
right? Uh, if you've read the Declaration of Independence, you know that it's a self-evident truth that God created us and endowed us with individual inalienable rights, such as the right to life, liberty, property, right? This came out of a biblical worldview. Uh, the founding fathers didn't think you had to study your Bible to recognize this. They said it was a self-evident truth that God created us equally and that God gave us rights. Well, what happens if you believe John Dewey's religion, that there is no God and that the universe is self-existing? You're just a piece of slime that came from a monkey um, and, um, you know, it's just a big cosmic accident. Well, if there is no God, you have no God-given rights, right? This is absolutely fundamental to the deep state takeover of the United States is the eradication of this understanding that our rights come from God, that God is the one who gave us freedom and that government exists to protect these rights under the vision of the people who created our public school system that all goes by the wayside. So um, continuing on our series on the education component of the deep state, we will be back again next week with more. Thank you for watching. I'm Alex Newman. You're watching Behind the Deep State. YouTube is censoring us like crazy. So please make sure you, and, and Facebook too, make sure you like, share, subscribe, send this by email to your friends. Uh, get it out there. Get it to your pastor. We're going to be talking about education for the next few weeks here. And, um, you know, I think this is the most critical part of the solution to the problem of the deep state. That is going to be educating our people, rescuing our children. So we will be back with more. Thank you for watching and God bless.